Hey kids, before we get in too deep, let's do a quick sanity check, all right? We are here to spill the tea, but let's make sure we're all on the same page. The opinions you hear on the Big Red Podcast are ours and ours alone, okay? We're not spokespeople for any company, organization, sentient robot overlord, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you dig what we're saying, that's awesome. If you think we're a bunch of idiots, that's awesome. Or maybe both. That's cool too. Just know the views are coming straight from us, nobody else. All right, cool. We good? All right, dive in. Hey there! Ever feel like you're juggling flaming torches while riding a unicycle on a tightrope all while someone is screaming that they want to speak to your manager? (gasps) Yeah, us too. We have been there, done that, and have the scars to prove it. Welcome to the Big Red Podcast, the podcast that knows that customer support is not for the faint of heart. We dive headset first into the trenches of support and show how the front line impacts the bottom line. This is made for the doers, the frontline folks and mid-level managers looking to stand out and make a difference. We're going to unpack some industry trends, share stories that are too good to keep to ourselves, and bring in experts that actually know what they're talking about. Real quick, let's get this out of the way. If you're expecting a buttoned-up collared shirt kind of tech talk, you're in the wrong place. We keep it real. We talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and yes, the expletives do fly. So if swear words make you want to clutch your pearls, just consider this your warning. All right? Good? All right, hit the subscribe button. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. And buckle up, buckaroo. It's a bumpy ride that you're not going to want to miss. All right, kids, let's do this. Let's jump on in to the Big Red Podcast. A couple of things before we get into it. Uh, This is the long-awaited part two that we've been promising ourselves for about four weeks now. This is also the 17th time I've asked Dallas and or Tristan to send me a list of whatever the fuck we called people in the last episode. You didn't even have to Um, ask Dallas today. However, I will say I do have it on my phone because I I was trying to be uh, prepared for last week's recording, which we didn't end up doing because I was stuck in traffic. Not an interesting story, but I told it anyway. Uh, And I do have notes. Uh, These notes are from uh, after a exhausting week on a business trip on the plane ride back. So I cannot vouch for their usefulness. A little caveat there. A couple shout outs. I think we have to give Uh, JPad just again, because he was kind enough to to give us some more information. He gave us a really good idea for uh, an episode, which we will, we will record actually after this one. I mean, it might take us seven weeks because we're super consistent, uh, but we will do that. Uh, Travis, shout out to you for following us. Met him last week when I was on my work trip, and I basically forced him to follow <laughs> us on Spotify, which I'm sure will not nice. come back to bite me in the HRS, which is uh, HR as a service would be HRS. Anyway, nerd. different story. Um, nerd. So yeah, let's jump in. Part two. Uh, last time we talked about the different types of archetypes. That's fun to say. Uh, that you kind of see in a support organization and why they're all needed, what they're good for. And I believe this next second half was to talk about how do you identify who you are and then like maybe you want to have a little piece of each of those, right? So you can be a, a Voltron of awesomeness in, in your current role. Or as a manager, how do you manage these kinds of people? Pros, cons, that kind of stuff. So is that correct, good good sirs? Is that what we said we were going to talk about? Because I That's don't remember. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you, as a manager, how do you build your your like your team of Avengers, your your Power Rangers, and uh, and then how do you manage these crazy folks? All right, let's let's get into it. Um, I do also like I guess before we get into it, I do want to apologize in advance if my brain isn't working properly. Bold statement. Uh, I've made some life choices that are bad in the last uh last week i suddenly i don't know what's happening i'm pretty sure it's a midlife crisis but i'm like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be a runner oh you're crazy so I'm gonna start what's running. wrong with you you're gonna <laughs> get i'm so stupid oh, 
we don't have that kind of time. And so I've started to do what I call uh, wogging because it's not really running. Wogging. It's mainly kind of convulsing weirdly like an amoeba up the street so my neighbors can laugh at me. Uh, so I do like a jog situation and I've done it the it last four days in the morning, jog, which I'm was not sure it might be jogging. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, but here's the funniest thing. So like I hate waking up early in the morning, but I'm trying to do it before my kid goes to preschool. The other reason, I mean, yes, it's going to be hot, so I got to do it in the morning before it happens. But the main reason why I get up early to do it is so that the likelihood of my neighbors seeing me <laughs> launch my fat ass down the street is much more reduced <laughs> if I do it earlier. Uh, I, I signed up for a 5K. It was either that or get a face tattoo. And I just don't think I can go full, like, go full Post Malone for my midlife crisis. No, so I'm going to try to be like a runner. Could, I don't do know. You could do it's, the Tyson, just crap. one artful one around the eye. Yeah. Pull that off. Or I could be like Dennis Rodman and go. he just got his like most recent girlfriends yeah, like yeah. right there on the cheek. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 as of today, trying to be like a, one of those runner people because I like, I figure like. They didn't start out that way, right? Like, I have legs. I can maybe do this. I mean, I hate it, but I'm fine when it's done. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I did that. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so are you like that's my new. walking with the arms? Yeah, yeah. No, I like jog. Like, I, oh, I jog the whole jogging. time. Oh, God. But it's like, I think I could walk faster than I And I'm that's jogging. down to the mailbox and back? No, I did 1.4 miles. Right? <laughs> I know. And it went uphill a little bit, which is awesome for my legs. But, like... I use this Nike Run Club app thing from my Apple Watch. And, like, it's so funny because, like, I'm in the beginner course, obviously, because I'm not going to run a marathon anytime soon. And he's like, if you're running, if you feel tired, then you got to slow down. You're running too hard. And I'm like, I would be stop. I would stop moving. <laughs> like, so then I obsess about, like, am I running too hard? Am I running the, th is this the right, is this the right pace? Is that a bad pace? Am I, I think I might be running too hard. Everything hurts, including my heart. Like, what is happening here? So, anyway. I know you tuned in oh, to talk about support awesome. operations, frontline stuff, management stuff, whatever the fuck we're calling this. But uh, yeah, I will keep you guys posted on my... I did sign up for a 5K in November. So just oh, to close the loop, this is, this is in case you get Swiss cheese brain and, and that's the reason is because you've taken up running? Uh, yeah, I just really don't talk to a lot of adults. <laughs> uh, and so I just kind of wanted to share. Fair enough. <laughs> Can you, are you going to like... Can you do like a GoPro thing, like for your fight? Yes, right. It's not funny. You see, you like, can live stream it. It's a whole thing. No, look, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Okay, <laughs> I just don't think you're ready for this jelly. Well, <laughs> you're gonna have to get out and get some sun too. You know, well, it's in November, so it could be a little bit cooler there. So maybe you'll have the excuse for the long pants. Uh, Otherwise, we'll you'll blind you the know, other runners, and that's not a fair fair. Hey, advantage. I have been. I have gone from my legs have gone from eggshell to a solid taupe. <laughs> I'll have you oh, know, taupe nice. is very soothing. Yes, it's very, it's very soothing. All right, so anyway, back to the business at hand. Uh, I'm a runner now. I'm an elite athlete. Perhaps you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> let's jump in. I think our first, our first uh, archetype. I hate saying that because it sounds like one of the like the thesaurus words that Dallas uses, which I'm stuttering over, like. Porky pig, ebbity ebbity up, big word. Uh, scripted super superstar, right? This is the person that can do a thousand things super quickly. Sticks to the script. May, might look some of the like uh, some of the others might look a little less productive around him, but him or her, I should say. Uh, but anything outside of that, what that script says, kind of is a bit of a struggle. Yes, you're you're kind of getting a little crossover with the fast tracker too. Um, this is when they're they're like they're right on. Point with everything they do it exactly the way that um that the script says they do they're I consistent 
literally copied and pasted from the 20 times you guys sent me these <laughs> these fucking descriptions. So I'm not confusing anything, <laughs> sir. You're confusing it. So yeah. Just kidding. I'm not defensive no, no, at all. Never. Uh, is that, hold on. We got to hit pause here. Tristan just took a drink out of a Capri Sun. That just needs to be noted. <laughs> What's wrong with Capri Nothing Suns? Nothing at all. They're I guess awesome. my real question is how long did you struggle to get the straw in? It's a little bit of a mess. It happens. To me. So wait, do you know that you can poke it through the That's bottom of it and it will like, it's like super, yeah. Yeah, but then how do you hold it? Like, how do you put it down? Who sips a Capri yeah. Sun? You yeah, chug yeah, that yeah. shit. <laughs> Anyway. We had it on sale at the store the other day, so we got like one of those five packs. So, so it's practically free? <laughs> practically free. No. Not important. None of this is important, <laughs> yeah. but only five people listen, and one of them felt obligated to listen since I was uh, saying it at the fire pit. We were all out. Okay, cool. So, scripted superstar. Uh, here's my notes, if you'd like me to read them. But uh, actually, scripted superstars are necessary because you can get your kpis Mm -hmm. and you can hit your numbers the majority of stuff gets taken care of and pretty consistently i think the biggest challenge as a manager or as someone that is or identifies with the scripted superstar kind of uh, personality is it's really tough to manage through change right it's super hard uh you gotta like change is is like the enemy of the scripted superstar and one of the big problems today, um, it's the environment has become so much faster. So the veterans that have been there a long time, they're going to really struggle with it, especially as the pace of change increases. Rookies are going to be a little bit more easygoing with that stuff. But I think you hit the nail on the head, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, one might say that. Take a drink. Um, that, uh, yeah, that they can be very, very difficult to manage because – any change to that script means they've got to learn something new. Um, and that's what a lot of these folks are great at is not having to learn something new. They learn it and they stick to it and they don't have to try to change. Another piece of the leadership puzzle that I find is difficult, not to shit all over this, but I just know for me, it's it's really hard to gauge how to keep them interested or motivated, right? Because to mm-hmm. me, it's just that repetitious, repetitious work. So I'm like, how do I... Uh, you're, if we're not working towards something, like how do I keep you uh, engaged or motivated? And another thing is, and this is just a word to the wise, they don't require a lot of attention, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't still reach out and do your one-on-ones and, and keep in contact with them because they can quickly go the other direction. Um, you know what I mean? I think in reactive support, we are just that. We are reactive. We are consistently putting out the next fire. And sometimes these folks can be treated uh, a little bit like a set it and mm-hmm. forget it type thing. And that, that's the, it's the wrong thing to do. Well, they're, they're the ones that all, it's just, they're, they have the same routine. Day and night, yeah. all the time, constant. And yeah, you kind of do forget them sometimes, but they are they are ne- definitely necessary. For sure. And the the problem too with them in a weird way, because you set them and forget it, is if and when things change, when things do change, um, you might have forgotten to relay that to them. And so they stick to their old script and, and accidentally start causing problems that way too. So it really, the onus really does fall to the manager to make sure you're keeping that scripted superstar, like coloring inside the lines um, and move it in the right direction, um, which goes back to your point, Lindsay, it can be very hard to find a direction for them to move in. And if you're someone that is a scripted superstar, uh, you know, I think the best thing you can do for yourself is make sure you continue to stay engaged. Mm-hmm. Like, even like you got to speak up for yourself and say what you need when you need it, because there might be a chance that people aren't going to notice because you are so consistent. Consistent doesn't mean okay, right? Doesn't mean you're 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 not in the right space. You know what I mean? So, I would just say advocate for yourselves, good good sirs and ladies and theys. Like, do it. 
advocate for yourself. And when you find yourself working with a, a scripted superstar, you know, not even manage them, just working with them, you got to find ways to keep them engaged in the, the business itself, right? So services are going to change, products are going to change. Hooking them up with somebody that can help mentor them in the product and services can help keep them excited and help break them out of that kind of rigidity that they might find themselves in. How have you handled it before, Dallas? Because I know last time we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about some people at our previous lives. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. Because I, I I, do find the scripted superstars sometimes hard to manage because I'm like, I don't know what all my tricks don't right. work. <laughs> You're not interested in what I have to give you. Help me. I think a lot of times scripted superstars, they find themselves in their, doing their job well. They get comfortable in, in it. It's a good routine. They make decent money, et cetera. Um, you might sit them down and say, what's your dream, right? Like what's, if you had all the money in the world, you didn't have to work, what would you do? And they might say a version of what I'm doing now. Um, they might come with something and hit you like way out of left field, right? And say, I want to go and I want to do user design for user experience, for example. Um, and then you go, okay, cool. Let's get you a five-year plan to get you to that, right? And this works especially well for the veterans, um, I've had great success with that, with a couple of folks that they were like, yeah, I want to go and I want to make this tremendous career change, but they had no idea how to even start that. And so the cliff seem, the cliff seems unscalable. So if you can show them that their dream is in fact achievable and that you'll help them get there, you'll help them get started. You can pull them out of that routine because that routine is no longer comfortable. So you have to show them how that routine that they feel is comfortable is not actually comfortable. Tristan, what have you done in the past? I mean, I think if we look at resumes, you've stayed places a lot longer than perhaps Dallas and myself have, right? So you might have some longevity with some of the same people you managed for more than three or year, three years or so. What are your tips, tricks? Did you find anything difficult or challenging? Sorry. Um... Good, good, good. Uh, <laughs> wow, Tristan. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, wow. No, you know, it's... <laughs> Tristan, I just let, hang on. Let's just All take a second nuggets. and just really acknowledge and recognize how lucky we are to have someone like Tristan drop on these nuggets of wisdom on us. Yep. You know what I mean? Write them down. Wow. Write them down. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's hard. Um, but when when I try to engage with like the scripted superstar, it's an engagement of like talking to them, learning how they're doing whatever they're doing. And then asking questions about it because they'll probably also love to talk about it. Right. Mm. Um, and then from that, you're going to get new ideas that maybe they're afraid to implement or do on their own, but it's in their head, right? You're taking it out of their head and then um, you can take those ideas and, and make the whole support process better for everyone. How do you break them out of the, I've done it, always done it this way. Let's try it differently. Like how do you, how do you manage them through change like that? Especially if it's procedural change. You have to make it their idea, I think, mm-hmm. right? Some, so somehow, mind games. Yeah, steer the ship so that the, <laughs> so it's their idea, right? You can drop the nuggets, let them think about it, and come up with their own way to do it, and then adopt that. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think you do have to make it their idea so that they'll adopt to it. I think that's a great point. It's it's worked. It's a great way to not just manage down, but manage up too, right? So. You know, whenever you've got that that person that's stuck kind of on an idea or stuck in their whole 
just saying, you know, like you said, Tristan, just dropping the nugget instead of trying to force them over the hill all at once is, is huge. And I think that's really helpful with you know, scripted superstars. Scripted superstars. It's a great one. Do you find that that profile or persona is more likely to be like the complainer or do you think that's a different the different profile no i think that's generally speaking that's the one that's gonna be the it's always been this way we've always done it this way even if they're not happy with how it's always been done it's always like this is just how we do it like resigned yeah. to the they're the they're status the, quo it, it is what it is kind of guy where like we'll mm. talk about later the innovator or gal Absolutely. come on don't well, be so being binary from southern california everything's a guy you know that truck could be look at that guy it's yeah I believe it's br- dude, dude yeah. or bro, well, but that's fine. <laughs> dude is when you're friendly. Bro is like, I'm going to kick your shins, you know? So there's a lot of like tone and insinuation with those three words. You got to be really careful, man. I think I said this to like, so I was in for a work trip the other day and I think I think I said to the CEO of our company, I said, look, Brosif and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I am far too familiar. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> Brosif and the... Technicolor anyway. dream coat. So just take a second to digest how nerdy that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some theater nerd dude. shit right there. So yeah, the, the scripted superstar is going to be the is what it is kind of guy, whereas the invader is going to say it is what it is, but it's not what it could be. Um, and that's, ah. that's a big one. They don't take yeah. that jump, that, that like intellectual leap. So let's talk about the innovator since you perfectly segued to that. Um, uh, wanna, remind me again what this you is. You want to keep right? it in order just for the last episode? No. I have scrolled. I have scrolled my note. You're taking it out I of order. Fine. Yeah, you're breaking it, man. <laughs> That's number four, yeah. man. Jeez. We're okay. Superstars Never mind. I will reintroduce it. I don't think you guys, clearly you guys can embrace change. Did you see me roll with that? Did you see me just go like, it's cool. I can scroll. Look at this, Mr. Thumb. Just scroll that on down. What separates us from the animals is our thumbs, but not much more. Uh, That's... I I thought it was our ability to scroll or adapt to change, but no thumbs. All right, so we have uh, beat an old horse with the uh, scripted superstar. Horse. That's a callback, yeah, I think is, is what they yeah. call it. Uh, yes. Anyway, go back to episode. I think it's four where you can hear more of my dipshit things that I've said. Uh, let's talk about the empathizer. So this is the person that genuinely cares about every single issue. Right? They will go the extra mile to resolve problems, which is awesome. They're going to advocate for your customers, but this empathy, the two sides to every coin, mm. as, as Mr. Dallas would say, it can be really susceptible to giving too much of a shit, burning themselves out, getting incredibly disgruntled and just disenchanted. So let's talk a little bit about that. What are their cha- some of those challenges uh, that they can have? Oh, man. I feel like I'm in that picture and I don't like it. So... <laughs> me too as your manager <laughs> just kidding hey um i mean look there's look there there are challenges to this role right or this this persona yes. i mean as a leader something that i have learned and again like let's i'm just going to talk at you and about That's you fine. dallas since this is hits close to home but like with you you take such good care of customers and give a shit so much i need to do the same yeah. for you like it's important that i also take just as much extra time with you as i do with the same way you give it to your customers, because if you don't feel like you're getting the same back, like it, it is, it is a mortal wound, which is great. So it can take a little more mm-hmm. time, right? Sometimes you have to be a little more, take some time, and it really, truly explain like the why behind it and the emotional piece of it, because that's what they're motivated and act. Yes, on. that's the empathy. Frame piece. it for me, man. Frame it for me. 
Um, something that you, you had a huge breakthrough with me early on in my career, which was the gas meter, right? The give a shit meter. Um, and so at the time I didn't understand that not all things are equal, right? Not all battles are equal. You don't have to die on every hill. Um, and so because of it, my give a shit meter would get really full, really fast, right? My, my ability to empathize would, would like, it, it would just go away all of a sudden. And like you said, you become disenchanted and disengaged. Um, so with that in mind, something that we've, that I've worked on that you've worked on with me is, is first of all, framing things. Not everything is equally important. Tristan has been tremendous at that for me too. Um, you said something years ago that's just stuck with me, man, rang my bell. We're not saving babies, right? So that's the 30,000 foot framing. And then just being able to take each and every situation and take a step back from it and just actually like stack rank it. Where does this fit in my priorities? Where does this fit in my KPIs, OKRs for the company, et cetera? Frame my emotions around that. And then through working with my manager, right? Because you're really great at bouncing that back at me and saying, why do you care so much? Why are you so involved? And it learns to... You make it sound so nice when I say... But usually it's me going like, why do you care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just kidding. But, you know, that's important, right? Because if... If I don't have somebody there to help me frame things and and keep things in those guardrails, I will and find myself fighting on every single hill to the death. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Look, these uh, the empathizers, especially in a customer facing role, are that is such an asset to your team. They are incredibly amazing to have. But when they are new, when it's newer in their career, they're earlier on. You, as a leader, you have to understand that everything to them feels mm -hmm. huge. It's all feeling, not fact, right? So something that might seem like a minor change to you, you need to take the time and really explain it. Now, can that be exhausting? Yes. You have to pick and choose when it's sometimes you have to go like, look, it's yep. just what it is. And that's, you just have to like talk to your therapist, figure it out, like <laughs> unpack that later. But like for the most part, if you can take that time and really, if you get them early on and, and help them understand, like Dallas just said, Tristan, we're not saving babies, like it can go it can go a long way because from a customer facing standpoint these are the ones that get the highest csat these are the ones that turn your customers into evangelists because they truly care they act on feeling yep well said but the to the flip the yeah the flip side though kind of like what dallas has, has hinted at if something doesn't go right like if you can't fix that problem or you know how to fix it and you're not getting the support to fix it that becomes huge for the empathizer because yeah. they shut down i mean how do you coach them out of that yeah, I don't know, but that's that's a difficult situation to be in. So I'm constantly learning new things and then immediately forgetting it because I have the mind of a goldfish. Um, but one of the things that kind of recently I'm I'm starting to understand and learn and have used and I'm starting to get success. So Dallas, I'll I'll take I'll see if you if you agree with me on this. Is sometimes with the empathizer, they're not looking for you to fix it; they just want you to validate mm. it. Like, yeah, man, this sucks. I don't have the answer for you and it's okay, but like, you're right, that sucks. You're right, that is hard. You're right. It is validation versus fixing. And I'm terrible at that because I either want to fix it or I get super defensive as to why you can't see all the other amazing things I do because I'm trying to fucking fix, you know what I mean? Like yep. that middle ground sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes because you need to fix what you can, but sometimes they just want to hear you go like, yeah, that does fucking suck. So you have That to customer is a dick and we should have fired him. Yeah, empathize yeah. with the empathizer. Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> It goes back to that Brene Brown video um, that we've we've seen and shown folks is is getting down in the hole with the empathizer is 
humongous. Um, because then the empathizer, you don't feel alone anymore. Um, if you're not doing that, and this will happen to your veterans, if you're not doing that, they can become the most toxic and dangerous person on your team. Because as you said, they will become disenfranchised, they will become disengaged, and they will start talking to other people and sharing their feelings. And if you're not on top of that, correcting that, it can break down a team fast. So what do you do if you're an empathizer early on or in a, just at any point in your career and you don't necessarily have a manager that understands that? How can you advocate for yourself? What are tips and tricks you can do for yourself to keep you from Fail. getting there? No. From burning out. Fail. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, no. Fail. Always the answer. Like Dallas, if you could talk to your 20-something yeah. self from years ago, what would you say? Chill the fuck out, man. Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. Just bro, just so that's that's a good example of the dude versus bro. It's it's not yeah. <laughs> there's no like dude, chill. It's bro, chill out. Yeah, it's yeah. more pointed. It's like yeah. So just yeah. chill the fuck so, out. So can an empathizer be an empathizer to certain customers, certain? subset of customers and just not everyone or is it 100 percent or nothing in my experience it's been all or nothing but again i've been very dallas centric i love you by the way no, good sir this is nothing Thank but like you. if i give you a big hr appropriate hug right now i would i love and adore you right back at you you know man. um i've seen the i've seen the um the empath the partially empathetic customers yeah i mean uh partially emp empathetic support guys um there was a, a guy on my team who's um, all he wanted to work on was this kind of middle ground server that we had. It was a virtual private server. Um, so you kind of had the guardrails of like a C panel like that, but um, that's all he wanted to work on. So the easy customers, he just wouldn't give them the time of the day. The really hard customers with the dedicated servers that had nothing on you had to, you had to SSH into, he'd get scared and wouldn't give them the time of the day. But he'd spend too much time working with these customers because he thought their problems were more interesting and they were more interesting people because of it. So you go back and listen to his calls and they were phenomenal, right? He was doing everything he was supposed to. His CSAT on those calls was great. But on the other two ends of the spectrum, he was terrible. So it was like a selective on-off switch he used. And what did you do to coach through that? Um, we had this really amazing plan for him. So... Instead of um, instead of saying like, look, you have to do this and showing him what was important, we put him on a technological growth plan so that he could start working on the grid as an engineer um, and he could start answering some of those more difficult problems. So we engaged his technological interest to get him interested in those people's problems because if he found the technology interesting, he'd find the people that are trying to use the technology interesting. Okay, so we talk fast tractor. Next so fast tracker. tractor, fast tractor. She thinks my fast tractor is sexy. Oh my god, um, you do love music, don't you? I do. I really do. I do. I have like I cannot remember anything or do long division, but I remember like from like music from like 1950 to about I want to say 2012, 2013. I can answer that all all day, every day. So you want me on your trivia team. If you're doing your Mount Rushmore of trivia people, I got your pop culture right here. So buddy. long as we're assuming so. that the pop culture ends again after 2012, which it did for all Well, that's when the Mayan calendar events. is yeah. supposed to like die. Yeah, like, were we supposed gone. to all die? I guess that's why I, I, now I'm too old and I have no idea who anybody is, but uh, 
All right, let's talk next about we've got the innovator. So this is the person that we does fast not. Tracker. Oh, you god damn it. You got your fast tracker right here. <laughs> I just made the joke. Okay, cool. Uh fast tracker. All right, let's talk about it. This is the agent that likes to work fast, quick, effective. They're gonna get things done as quickly as they possibly can, which again is great if it's a standard situation. Uh, but some of the more complex stuff requires patients more in-depth investigation, and then they can just struggle with that. So uh, my big note here is for people that have these folks on their team, which is necessary. Again, it's kind of like the scripted superstars, the people that can handle the bulk of what you're doing and allow some of the more complex stuff to happen between other personas. But they're prone to mistakes because details, don't they're not something yeah. they look at. They look for, they scan the ticket for a couple keywords or they hear the caller say a couple of things and they've assumed that's what it is and go down that track. So active listening is something they definitely struggle with. Um, have you had that before in any of your teams, Tristan or Dallas? Have you been that way, Dallas? Yeah, I, yeah, I would put myself in that <laughs> mode for, like, I think I talked last time about doing, just dropping down and handling just tickets for a while. Um, and I can put myself into that mode, but, um, my work quality just drops immediately. I mean, and not by a little bit, like I'm half as good as I am otherwise. Do you find that CSAT's an issue? Is that usually, what's the key indicator that you've got someone that's like that, right? How do you, to distinguish between the can, like the, the, the superstar and then the fast tracker? Is it a CSAT thing? Cause the customers are like, that's not at all what I asked you. Like, what's the indicator that that's kind of what's Count happening? Of contacts to close. So if their tickets take more replies to close than others do. So if you take two oh, tickets. back and forth. KPI you're not mic right. drop, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's mine. So if, yeah, if they're, you take the same issue, right? I need to look at an invoice. And if it goes back and forth two or three times, whereas the one guy read the ticket, answered it, thought outside the box, gave them a bunch of different options, and they were fine with that then you know. Yeah, that's a good one. Because right when we talk about like person hours spent, employee hours spent, you're spending the same amount of time. Just You're just doing it in one. The customer is a better experience versus the bounce back, back and forth, back and forth between multiple agents. Each one has to take their time, read. And then how many times have you taken work over from that fast track? I mean, like that fucking idiot. If he had read this in the first place, it would have just been one answer. Yeah, that's, I, I totally didn't even think about that, how you can use the data to, to indicate that. I was fully like, oh, CSAT, someone will complain. But you're right. You can look at stuff like... Mm -hmm reopens of tickets right and then totally. just you know yeah. ticket counts call counts right if they're if they're more than um i would say like roughly to give them some breathing room if they're more than 10 percent above the average the rest of the team there you should probably be cl paying close attention to what they're doing um because maybe they figured something out right like tristan talked about it um last time maybe they figured out like a um a script that they're running that is actually they're providing phenomenal quality service they've just kind of got this thing in their back pocket they haven't told anybody else about interesting i like Thank that you. a lot okay what else any other things on the fast tracker how do you what if you are one how do you get out of some of that or break that mold or how do you slow down and listen like any tips and tricks there well, typically the fast trackers being the fast tracker because they're they're pressured in terms of, you know, measurements and things like that from from their leadership. So I think as a leader, you have to just maybe maybe have conversations, right? It's more important to get the job done correctly the first time or ticket, whatever it is, as opposed to trying to get it done quickly. Do you think that someone that's a fast tracker is generally somebody that's newer? Do you, we know a lot of veteran fast trackers? It seems like at some point you'd break mm -hmm. those habits. I think it's mainly newer. Yeah, same. Yeah. 
Okay. And the fast tracker, you need to like, you need to make sure their their position within the the team or the uh, the role of the job is is best utilized, right? So if you know that there's somebody that's going to blow through simple stuff and do a, a decent enough job, make sure that they're grabbing that they're that they're pointed in the right direction. You know what I mean? Um, if uh, if they're if they're underutilized or overutilized, they're going to burn out um, or they're going to get bored, right? Both are equally dangerous. So make sure that they're doing the right job. Now a lot of call or contact centers, they don't have that option. It's the same type of calls coming in. You can't really give them the option of like sorting through things and, and kind of cherry picking. And so when that's the case, you like with the empathizer, you got to spend more time on the regular with them, teaching them the value of slowing down. Because to Tristan's point, they are conditioned by the company or the leadership that speed is the important part, that being fast is what's important. So a lot of it is breaking conditioning. All right. We're almost there, friends. We're almost over this topic. I promise you, hopefully you're still with us engaged. Let's talk about the innovator now, right? So this is, again, that type of agent that is not afraid to think out the box. They're going to come up with your creative solutions. They want to improve process. If you got complicated things or unique stuff, they are perfect for this. Um, but on the flip side, they also might sometimes not say the most obvious answer, like when they say you should check CSAT and Dallas says, no, you should check reopens of tickets, right? So sometimes they overcomplicate things unnecessarily. So what else? As a, as a, How can you keep them motivated? Tough. What do you do? Um, give them problems. Yeah, give them puzzles. Mm-hmm. Got 99 problems, but motivation yeah. ain't one. <laughs> Yeah, give them a Rubik's cube and a quarantine, you know? <laughs> you know? Hey, I get I I need to do that again. I've kind of lost my flow. So I'll tell you, so here's the thing. Uh as with everything with me, and some of this might be my own personality, nothing to do with actually like how I am as an employee or as a worker, but uh it's you need to kind of they need to learn when and where to place mm-hmm. that energy, yes. perhaps. <laughs> like going a hundred percent all the time is not maybe for every scenario. Uh, I know for myself, I can get bored super quickly, especially if I'm not allowed mm-hmm. freedom. If I'm not allowed to operate in the gray area and have a little freedom to kind of trust my instincts and trust what I'm doing, I get bored super quickly and I start to feel constrained and not happy and panicky. You can hear it in my voice. Um, like rules for me, I see that as like they're prohibiting that me at first. I eventually throughout my career, I learned like no rules are there for a reason. Guardrails are good. No one's trying to control you. Hashtag religious trauma. But you know, at, at first it, it felt a little prohibiting. I constantly need to be challenged. Like I have to have a new challenge or I get bored super quick and I'm looking for the next shiniest thing because I have ADHD, right? Like that's how you keep me motivated. Have you, I mean, I'm a little, I know we want to talk about like someone that leads it, but being led by someone like that, I'm just super curious <laughs> how you guys manage that. <laughs> Buckle up and hold uh-huh. on. No, like, <laughs> you know, we've talked a little bit about coaching up. Um, so here's one I've learned from working with you, Lindsay, um, is, uh, don't ever go into a conversation with an agenda that you want to stick to. Just don't do it. <laughs> like a podcast, for example. <laughs> like if I want no structure, with yeah, Lindsay. <laughs> if I want to pitch an idea for like, let's say we've got a project going on and I want to go, I'm both hurt and, and I'm hurt and proud Should, at the same time. It's a complicated set of emotions. I'll tell you where I'm going with this. So 
you want to you want to get to point Z on a project, right? That's you're never going to get there in a one conversation with you. Just go from <laughs> A to B, right? Figure out what what you want to get to B, right? But here's the thing. Like Tristan said earlier, I'm going to I'm going to tell you Don't loot me into I'm this. I'm going to tell you what <laughs> I'm going to tell you what B should be like 2 or 3 days before. So then when I go in and we're having that conversation, you can say, what about if we did this, which is B? And it's... And I think it's my idea. here's the... You're lucky I'm going to forget this. Generally speaking, B then, what what you've thought of and what you've brought to B will immediately bring us to C. We start talking through C and it brings us to D. And so, yeah, you set out just to get to A from B, from A to B, but you wound up at D, right? And then... That keeps going. And so as an empathizer, something I've learned is that I can't fight and die on every hill. Working with an innovator, you have to show them they can't fight and, and die on every problem. That not everyone has ah. to be solved. That we can just kind of like nudge you around that problem to the next bigger problem, right? <laughs> that, that solving the... Who's calling <laughs> the shots here? <laughs> All I can all I can think of Dallas is that conversation we had. It was a couple of months ago. We were doing something for Lindsay, getting I'm a, gonna, my something. feelings are going to get hurt, but I want to hear you're it. Not Go ahead. Get, no, uh, we were getting something prepared. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was. We were at a point where we were like, "Hey, what else can we do?" And this and that, and it finally was like, "You know what? She's going to fucking change yep. it anyways. Let's just <laughs> give her what it is. It's, gonna, it's never going to be perfect yep. for Lindsay. It's going to be changed." Yep. <laughs> but that's yeah, that's yeah, good though yeah. right you people <laughs> it's not bad yeah, yeah people like so as an empathizer right i will look at it and go okay this is what i see the problem i would never have thought to look at csat though i would have looked only in the hard data right the math and said this is this is the problem you're moving too quickly your tickets get reopened but see you might look at it and say your csat's pretty good Right, your CSAT's at an 85. It's not bad. All you need to do is move it a few points. And you might give them a few a few mm-hmm. suggestions that are a lot easier to actually integrate. Whereas you see where I'm going? So yeah, when yeah. when structured properly, the innovator can figure out innovative, cleverly enough, solutions to difficult problems. So it's exactly. in the name. So working with an innovator can be really, really challenging, but also really rewarding. And then every innovator is very, very different. My dad was a very innovative guy, but he would get very, um, what's the word? Um, Like he would get dug in on his idea. um, And all he would want to do is innovate on his idea. Any others innovations that were brought in. Oh, the flexibility wasn't there. So Working with you is great because you got lots of flexibility. You like pulling in different ideas and making the product ours, not just yours. So, well, I'm flexible because I'm an elite athlete that exactly, runs every day now. Exactly. <laughs> so, but now, how do you manage an innovator like Tristan? How do you how do you keep somebody that wants to solve every problem that wants to replace every rundown pair of batteries? So, innovators need wins. Right. Just like in the tech yes. world, you got to have wins. You don't have wins. You, you get stuck in that rut. Right. So a way to that I've done to, to help innovators and get their wins is take what they're doing. That's not a standard process and try to make it more of a standard process that mm. can be shared across a team, for example. You know what I mean? Because that's their win. I was doing this. I came up with this. Now everybody's using it type of thing. Oh, you know why it's important for us to be wins? 
you know, it's, it's really impressive that you, you caught that. I didn't think about this before, but we're fixers. We want to yeah. fix mm-hmm. the problem. Exactly. So if we don't have wins, then we assume that we are the problem and we start to feel real defeated and really shitty oh. about ourselves. Our egos yeah. need the wins. Not all the time. They don't all have to win, but we need we need like periodic, like Every you're doing then, great you gotta, or here, this is awesome. Yeah. Otherwise, we start to go, well, hi, Taylor Swift. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Yep. Got to have the wins. Which is like the the empathizer. They've got to be, you know, kind of coddled and patted on the butt at times and said like, yeah, you're awesome. It's it's the same way. You have to give them something, the, the trophy they can hang on their wall. The yeah. um, the techies are like that yeah. too, right? If you can't fix a problem, you you get upset with yourself. If I can't if, if I can't figure out a problem, it it bothers mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Whether it's a technical problem or a process problem or whatever, it messes yep. with you psychologically. I can I uh, I can see how um, how innovators can get what's the word? Uh, not depressed isn't the right word, but like. Oh no, I get very depressed. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not well I'm fun at parties. <laughs> they internalize it is what I'm trying to say. I can see how innovators would internalize yes. the uh the lack yeah. of of um validation as as a not like a the equivalent of a loss even though they technically won. Yeah. Yeah, if, yep. they, if they don't get a win and they kind of they kind of turn into the scripted superstar where you're just doing the same uh-huh. thing over and over and over, then you get we bored. We won't stay shit. that long. Exactly. You we get will bored. Bail. Yeah, exactly. As Dallas says, we'll Fail, bro. And that's the. I guess that's the danger that that team member can bring to a team is they can start an attrition cycle by saying "fuck this place, it's not good enough for me, I'm out of here." Yeah, or even not leaving on bad terms. Just like I'm bored, I'm gonna go somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? It's also people that do that, though. The innovators that do that typically see rapid growth in their career because they do. You know, the best way to get a promotion is to is to job hop. <laughs> what are you saying, sir? How dare you? Hey, it's been the key to my success How is you job you. hopping. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Tristan is, is kind of going like, ah, it's still too TBD yeah. for me. But uh, it's okay. All right, rounding up the rear. Here we have the gatekeeper perfectionist. So this is the one that understands company policies, guidelines, knows them in and out, adheres to them strictly. They want to protect the company's interests. They see that as their own. Everything's by the book, by the book, by the book. But they can sometimes forget to balance that with actually being creative and addressing customers' needs effectively. This is another one where change is difficult to manage through. Everything is difficult to manage with them. They always think they're right and they have righteous anger. <laughs> so why do we need them on the team? We already committed to this fucking list and said this is everyone that needs to be on your team. So like, what do they bring they to the team? That. Besides Everybody pain. to keep the innovator from going off the rails and rebuilding the entire support organization on a Tuesday afternoon. They keep the empathizer from giving away the house. They keep the fast tracker from just doing all the tickets. So the gatekeepers, just like the the balance and to the follow force, balance. Yeah. yeah, follow the rules. They're mm-hmm. yeah, They're rule followers. And they and through that they keep anyone they keep anyone from rising above the rest and and unbalancing how the team performs or how it's viewed by other teams um which can be very very important in contact centers um you know they they generally have quite a few teams especially when you're 24 by 7 um so those shifts where you've got one team that stands way out and above because they're unbalanced they can they can cause morale problems across that shift and even across the organization so having that gatekeeper that's there to kind of keep things on an even keel the perfectionist that's making sure everything's done right 
can keep that one team from from kind of striking out on their own and becoming a problem for the rest of the org that way. But how do you keep them from being bitter betties? They're always going to be that way. <laughs> They're just not fun at parties yeah. is what I'm hearing. It's difficult with that type of You person. had somebody I would I would argue recently in a in a former life that was that gatekeeper kind of person. It's the person when you would have one-on-ones it was either everything's great or everything sucked. Yeah, yeah it's it, <laughs> It's still a tough one. You you have to get down to their level. You have to have conversations with them. You have to you have to be open with them. You you have to you know make sure there's no surprises that come up for them. Things like that. There's you have to. I think you have to spend a lot of time with them. They're the shooters. Mm-hmm. They're, They're the, the ones that believe it's in it's justice. Yes. You know what I mean? Like right and wrong, no middle. Yeah, a lot of black and white. Yeah, and you you, you have to. Yeah, you have to kind of break them out and say, "Well, why well, don't we could let's yep. we could do this or we could do that." Mm-hmm. But th- but that doesn't happen in a once a week conversation either. That's like you, you have no. to spend time and really just be open and transparent. What's going on with the company? Things like that. Just have a lot of conversation. How do you track that growth? How do you show them in you know at their six month review that like, hey, we were talking about this at one month and now you're doing this like. How can you give them something? Because again, they're very black and white thinkers. How do you give them something to latch on to that they can actually work towards when it's a tangible behavior? Yeah, exactly. So, so in this case, in, in my experience- Or not tangible. Wait, is it tangible or not tangible? Did I just fuck that up? It's not Okay, tangible. cool. Sorry, go ahead. As you were. <laughs> um, what I've experienced with folks like this is that money doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So giving them a raise isn't very helpful, right? It's tracking what they do and showing a lot of stats, I think, or stats and reports of, of what they've accomplished so that they can visually see, like find a, a good way to visually represent what they've done. Not, not, not just Excel spreadsheet, but like actual vis- visualizations. These are the people that actually do really well in tech and that we encounter, encounter quite a bit of because technology is very yep. if-then, right? Very literal thinkers, very literal people. And if you break out of that, it breaks the system. But you know what I mean? People are not systems yet. AI, look at you. It could happen. Who knows? But for today, our robot overlords have not taken over. Uh, but yeah, they, they are definitely, uh, mm-hmm. if then, if, it, if this happens, do this. Like, it's almost like their thought process is a decision yep. tree that can never be broken. They're the type of people that'll push their glasses up their nose and say things like, well, actually. Do you think that this role fits well into a customer service fa- from a, like a customer experience standpoint? Like, when do you want to march out your your gatekeeper to a customer to really show them? Is it when it's a technically difficult thing, and then you need somebody that can talk shop and be if then? Like, what situation does that call for? The, they handle abusive customers generally really well. When when there's specific tasks and specific items to accomplish, right? That's that's the one because you've set down, you've laid down your rules of what they need to do, how they need to do it, and they just need to go and do it. QA. Give them QA. Ab- QA. Yep. Yeah. But a beer interesting point with the the abusive customers thing because there's not exactly. emotion there. They don't this care. is the rule. Yeah, yeah these are the rules. This, this is, is why I'm rule. doing it. Yeah. They might throw in like a little bit like, I'm sorry you feel that way, yep. but this is the rule. Yeah, you're absolutely you're escalate. 
escalations for abusive mm-hmm. reasons, not escalation when someone needs to have the warm yeah. and fuzzies. It's yeah, it's not warm and fuzzies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, give your escalations for warm and fuzzies to the to the uh, empathizer. Give your escalations where they need an interesting technical solve to the innovator, and give that abusive butthead that calls in once a week and just wants to be a jerk to people. Give him to the uh, to the gatekeeper, the perfectionist, and everybody gets happy that way too. Because we'll go back to what we said with getting wins. When that when that gatekeeper hangs up and that abusive customer is is not just mollified but put in his place, um, they go. That's right. They feel like they got the win. Yeah, I uh, until that same customer calls back. Yeah, calls yeah. back he in. Have to deal with the yeah. <laughs> he wants to speak to the manager type. <laughs> oh, rhymes yeah. with Schmarin. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's good. We, I think we got through all five, which is awesome. Kudos to us. Turns out when I prep just a little bit, this isn't quite as much of a shit show for me. Just kidding. I'm assuming that that's most my performance today. But look, we have some ideas from people coming in. Things are starting to come into that inbox of, of stuff you want us to talk about or not talk about. So we have, we have some good uh, mm-hmm. content coming up here in the near future. So please hang in there. Uh, we're doing the best we can. This is a, a labor of love. Uh, stop judging me. Uh, no, just kidding. So anyway, thing. anyway, thanks for listening to the Big Red Podcast. We appreciate you, even if your name's true. That's right. <laughs>wraps up another exciting episode of the big red podcast we hope you found our discussions valuable and entertaining whether you're working on the front line aspiring to lead or already are leading we appreciate you joining us on this journey we're here to support you every step of the way providing tales of misadventures inspiration and hopefully a few laughs along the road if you have any questions stories to share or topics you'd like us to cover we would love to hear from you drop us an email at ourbigredpod at gmail.com again that's o-u-r-bigredpod at gmail.com And hey, if you've been enjoying our podcast, we would love if you would take a moment to follow, rate, and review our show on your favorite podcast platform. But only if it's nice because we're broken little children that can't handle that kind of rejection. Thank you for tuning into the Big Red Podcast. Until we meet again, remember to stay curious, keep making a positive impact, and always remember, narwhals are real. Narwhals are real.